Alex It takes a lot to make him happy, and he is clearly pleased. She's up. She's moving nicely. She's got it. Yes. And welcome to Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast, as we come to you today for our official Pyeongchang 2018 Winter Olympics preview episode. The time has come to get excited, to get covered in snow, to get covered in ice, and get covered in medals if you're from Canada and a couple if you're from Australia, because it is the Winter Olympics. So exciting, and uh, it just feels like yesterday we were talking about Rio. It's about 18 months ago now, but we're here for the real Olympics now, the ones that everybody actually cares about. Well, one-third of our uh, listeners do if they're from Canada. So excited to be here. My name is Ben, and uh, this is this is just exciting. I'm so excited. Have I said that I'm excited? I'm excited. And I know that this man's excited. He's from the very wintry destination where there are emus, there are planes, and sometimes they are called pilots. I don't know where that joke was going. It's Jared Lubick. Jared, welcome back to Off the Podium. Thank you. Yeah, the emus are in full force out on the ice rinks at the moment, so it's it's a great time to be alive. They're practicing their double axle and their triple axle, and they're getting pieces of metal ready to take out their competitors' knees. They're that excited and exactly ready to go. Uh, and speaking of taking out their competitors with sticks and shit, uh, this man's never done it because he's from Canada, and they would be too nice to do something like that. It's Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back. You're so you're even more excited than I am. It's the Winter Games. I am, and just in honor of these Olympic Games, for the next three weeks, my name will officially change to Kohrang, um, <laughs> in honor of Suhrang and Bukhrang. My name's officially going to be Bumpy, in honor of uh, Chumpy Pullen. Uh, so, that's that's what I'm doing. Um, oh, I'm excited. I, I love the Winter Olympics. Uh, I listened to our very first episode yesterday from our Rio coverage and how excited we were for that but i mentioned in that i like the winter olympics more i'm sticking to that this is just an exciting time to be an olympic fan we are now at the time of recording this uh less than a week away it's hard to believe that it has come around this quickly i'm going to start with you colin just just tell what's the vibe in canada right now i mean it's i've got to be different to what it's like in the lead up to rio because you guys actually give a shit about these olympics yeah i mean we go into these games not just knowing we're gonna win a lot of medals but we pretty much already know half of the medals we're going to win. <laughs> um, and we've got like weekly TV specials on CBC where they're profiling different athletes. We got, you know, six or seven athletes on cereal boxes. It's, it, it's actually exciting here. I mean, like the summer games where we would win stuff and we'd be like, where did that come from? You know, who's Andre de Grasse and how did he actually run fast? You know, he's Canadian. 
Um, is trampoline still a sport? You know, those are the things we were asking during the summer. And now we just get to be like, well, of course we won three medals in curling. And of course we won both the golds in hockey. <laughs> Whereas, uh, Jared, for us, it's like kind of how Colin was feeling in the lead up, you know, whilst we're going, yes, you know, come on, uh, BMXs and Sally Pearson and the Campbell sisters were not really. This time around, we're like, what the hell's a luge? And why is there a horror movie called The Skeleton in the Olympics? And what the hell is a chumpy pullin'? Um, we're, we're still sort of excited, right, Jared? I mean, this is the one time every four years that Australia realizes we have athletes who go in the snow. Yeah, exactly. We have started the um, traditional build-up of <laughs> jinxing athletes. So um, every night on TV, I see them like talk about our metal hopes, and I am getting just flashbacks to the Campbell sisters, and even just to Sochi with Chumpy pulling on every single ad possible. Uh, so yeah, we've started the lead up to jinxing all our athletes, and um, that's typical Australian spirit. Which I'm I'm kind of nervous to talk about Brit Cox in this episode because if there's ever been somebody who to me is a short of a medal in an Australian Olympic campaign, it's got to be Brit Cox. But she's I guess that was the same as Chumpy Pullen four years ago, wasn't it, Jared? So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll be careful in how we we talk about her in this episode. But um, yeah, I, I've been seeing, they've got the news reports of Australian athletes have arrived in, in Pyeongchang and, um, you know, through a lot of the people I follow on social media who we've had on the show, kind of, it's exciting seeing these sort of like behind the scenes things. And I think they're all on, I don't know how it works in Canada, Colin, but I, I'm pretty sure a lot of our athletes are now on social media blackout. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. very, uh, restricted now, I think, in kind of what they can and can't do. But, um, I mean, less than a week away, uh, we should mention just quickly for our Australian listeners that it's great for Australia in terms of the time zone of where we are in, in comparison to Pyeongchang. Because I think for most of us, Jared and I on the East Coast, I think we're only about two, three hours ahead of Pyeongchang. Whereas if you are, I believe, listening in Perth, you are legitimately in the same time zone. So, um, and that's going to be the case for the next three Olympics, of course, uh, Tokyo and Beijing, the next, uh, you know, couple all being in this, uh, region. So for us, Jared, it's, it's great. I mean, this is the first time since Nagano that we've really kind of had such a, a close, uh, time zone to a winter Olympics. Yeah, it's about time they, they cater for us. I always think of, um, the comedy series, The Games, and, ha- and how they talk about running all the events at night to, to cater, um, to the American viewers. But yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have, an event in our time zone so we're not staying up like with london till till six in the morning to see a final with colin with you it's obviously kind of a little bit different but i think mainly for you what i guess would be most exciting is the fact that the olympics are returning to korea uh where you very much nearly competed uh what 30 yeah. years ago so uh <laughs> this is almost like a homecoming for your nearly olympic ambitions yeah, well, I mean, I've competed, maybe stretching a little bit, uh, <laughs> being able to attend and, uh, you know, maybe walk on the field would have been the closest. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure, you know, uh, I'm sure that we'll get to that at some point, but, uh, no, I, it, it's, it's kind of weird for me because all the last Olympics we've had, I mean, even London, it was, I think, still close enough where, you know, I could watch it day of and, we're right around the time right now where I think it's going to be starting every single day. Mm-hmm. So this is during Rio as it was winding down. And when I'm waking up in the morning, like 5.36 in the morning, that's when, you know, the Olympics are going to be winding down for the night. The hardest thing for me is going to be be able to, like, I'll have to go on social media blackout myself. Because during Rio, there were a lot of times where I knew an event was going on during the day. And I'm like, well, I'm at work. It's not hard. I'm not going to have this spoiled for me. But it's going to be completely different when I wake up in the morning. 
and I can't look at my phone, and then I go through all day at work, and I can't look at anything, and then eventually I get home, and 12 hours later, you guys are already slept on it, and I'm seeing, you know, Brittany Cox win for the first time, or lose for the first time, depending on how good your luck is. You're you're, you're just going to be ignoring us, like, Colin, when are we recording? And you're like, shut up, I'm on social media, leave yeah. me alone. I'll be messaging Jamie, Jamie, message Colin, when is he recording? Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, because... Um, I guess kind of transitioning into, you know, similar thing to what we did in our Rio ones, just a little bit of history here in terms of our history with the winter games and I guess our best moments because we sort of did that with the summer ones. But, um, I mean, my first full Olympics that I remember kind of really paying close attention to was Nagano. And I remember that being great in terms of our time zone and, and watching that. I briefly do remember some of Lillehammer. I think I remember us winning the medal because uh, it was our first ever winter medal in 94. So uh, I remember kind of a bit of the coverage around that. Um, I think, yeah, we talked in our Tonya one and off the podium now available via iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher, uh, that I think I remember some of that around that. And I also remember kind of, it was a thing that leading into like 94, because that's when I believe aerials was just first introduced as a medal sport. And, you know, Australia's always done well in women's aerials. And we had, like, um, was it, like, uh, um, not Kirsty Johnson, what was her name? Uh, K- K- oh, Kirsty who? Kirsty Marshall. Uh, there we go, thank you. Allie? No, I was about to say Kirsty Allie, but I'm like, no, that was the wrong one. Um, was, like, a world champion in the aerials, and she always choked in the Olympics. And it was kind of a thing that we would always go into the aerials in the 90s and just never live up to what we were good at in the world championships. But, um... Yeah, I remember Nagano. I mean, Salt Lake was probably the one which I just followed it religiously. Um, and, I mean, you know, I've told the story plenty of times before about how I was allowed to stay home uh, to watch Canada win the gold medal um, for the ice hockey in 2002. And, you know, I remember Bradby, Bradbury and uh, Camplin. And I guess my favourite memory, I guess, of the Winter Olympics... Um, Obviously, Brad Bree, I think that's everyone, every Australian's obvious one, but I actually, I've talked up a lot and we had her on the show. Zali Steggles bronze in 98 was, I loved watching that. I was watching that live. I've still got the VHS of that, uh, recording that. So that's like the oldest Olympic footage live off TV I have to this day. Um, and to have her on this show was a massive fanboy moment for me. And she just won a bronze. Like that was Australia's, you know, <laughs> interest in the Winter Olympics. We got so excited over someone winning a bronze. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, loved Vancouver watching, uh, Lydia Lassler win the gold, Tora Bright win the gold, of course our, you know, hero Dale Begg Smith winning gold in Turin. Um, and yeah, even David Morris winning that silver four years ago in Sochi was a lot of fun because, you know, we very much underperformed. We'll probably talk about that in Sochi. Uh, we didn't win a gold four years ago. So Australia's coming into these games, not having won a gold medal in eight years. But anyway, um, Jared, what are your first memories of the winter games as an Australian? And what are your standout memories of the winter games watching them over the years? Yeah, I think I first kind of started being really interested in watching probably around Vancouver um, was the first time that I'd actually seen Australia win a gold medal live. Um, so, yeah, I definitely I fondly remember kind of that Tora Bright um, final and how kind of she, she stuffed up her first run mm-hmm. in typical Australian fashion and had to leave it to the last second to kind of snatch the gold. Um, yeah, and I just – all the medals from, from Vancouver for Australia were the three and then um, Sochi, I just remember kind of <laughs> – the constant letdowns, but then similar to you, the David Morris aerials silver medal was a real highlight for me just because he was so excited and just watching aerials. It's so 
competitive and the fact that it is kind of knockout every single round you're losing people i think it's just one of the most interesting sports to watch at the winter olympics and the thing that i'll say too like um you know we obviously got so excited over chloe esposito in rio and kind of this unexpected gold which again we take credit for the modern pentathlon love but i mean you know there is always that part of it i feel in olympics where all your key medal hopes have competed. You've kind of only got a couple of days to go. You're not really expected to win any medals, but you always get that one surprise one that no one expects. And that was David Morris in 2014. No one had heard of him uh, unless you were in kind of the aerials, uh, you know, community. So, like, everyone kind of, like, seeing this Australian guy winning a silver and just... The guy seriously celebrated like he'd just won 30 gold medals. It was amazing. And, you know, we've I've interviewed him twice. He was on the show a couple of months ago. He's going to come back. He's just the nicest guy. He's just so nice. And just following him on social media, just brilliant. And we'll talk about him and our uh, medal chances uh, when we have to that. Colin, I mean, God, this is going to be a lot longer for you. This is kind of like us uh, for the Rio ones. I'll, I'll add one of, you know, two of my other sort of favourite non-Australian moments um, in all seriousness, was watching Canada win that gold in 2002, because that was your first in 50 years. Um, and also, obviously, and uh, I'm assuming this is most Canadians' answer, Sydney Crosby, overtime goal, Vancouver, I was watching that live, that was amazing. Um, anyway, uh, so give us your millions here, Colin, this is your time to shine as a Canadian. Well, it's funny, because even though these winter sports are all Canadian, and that we usually excel at the winter games more than the summer games... I think I got into the Winter Games later, and it could just be because it's going on during school, so you're not staying up late, and you you don't know what the time differences are. I mean, I was very young when it was in Calgary, and I think I kind of knew it was going on, but it's not like I really was watching it or anything. I may have seen like one or two moments from the opening ceremonies or some events just when it was on TV. And I think it was probably the same as you, Ben, like Lillehammer was the first time I really watched it. That was coming off of Barcelona, which was the the first games where I just sat there and I spent you know two weeks during the summer just watching it. You know, uh, every second it was on. And uh, with Lillehammer, I think most of it again it was the media attention with the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan thing. I remember watching that very vividly. But uh, what got me was in the, seeing the moguls for the first time, which I've mentioned many times on here as like my favorite sport in the world. And uh, it was Jean-Luc Broussard who won the gold for Canada in Lillehammer for that. And that was the first time I really saw that sport. I think Nagano was the first games where I really just watched it the same way as I did Barcelona, just nonstop. And I think most of my memories of Olympics will all go back to Nagano. Um, the, the most famous one that I think Canada is known for was that was the year they introduced snowboarding. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the snowboarding event, there was a Canadian uh ross rebliati who won yeah. gold and then he tested positive for marijuana like a few days after that and they actually were saying well, we're stripping him for there was like all these back and forth things where the olympic committee is like we're stripping him of his gold and then you know they're saying well we're not stripping him, we're just investigating him he ended up appearing on the tonight show even though it was like this was a new sport he was canadian it was like big attention in america ended up they i think they said it's the equivalent of he walked by somebody yeah. who was, you know, smoking smoking dope, and he just happened to be in the room or something. But um, just watching that, I mean, when we get into snowboarding during the games, I'll just talk about how great that event was, not just for him, but another Canadian. Uh, and then, you know, of course, from there, like Salt Lake City, obviously my big memory is the, the gold medal for the uh, men's hockey team, um, which is probably still one of the most exciting Olympic moments ever. And, uh, you know, Torino, it, it, I, I, th- I thought Torino was probably the most fun games I saw, even though it wasn't the best for Canada in comparison. But, of course, Vancouver, just being on home soil. I, I, I tried so hard to be able to go 
to anything for the Vancouver Olympics. So I thought I'll probably never again in my lifetime, or maybe never again in my lifetime, be able to see especially Winter Olympics here in Canada. And I had made plans where I was going to, even if I had to, fly out for the day, watch one event just to say I did, and then fly back at night. Hmm. And you know, unfortunately, I took what was a voluntary layoff from work during that time just because work was slow. So, I mean, my my uh, finances were down. I couldn't do it. But, yeah, you mentioned the gold medal in that. I mean, even though I, I feel like Sidney Crosby probably get most Canadians will feel Sidney Crosby gets too much credit for doing nothing during the Olympics and scoring <laughs> one goal. But still, just winning that, I could just remember, you know, the the gold medal game party we had, which it was the same thing in Sochi that we had as well. Um, and again, going back to moguls in Sochi, you know, my favorite moment was in the men's and the women's winning both the gold and the silver. Uh, Alexander Bilodeau won the gold and Mikkel Kingsbury won the silver in the men's. And then the women's, we had two sisters, Justine and Chloe DeFerla Point winning, who yes. I'm probably going to spend the majority of the Olympics talking about here and I'll begging be them to be on them. the show. Um, watching yes <laughs> as well as their other sister who competed in those games came in seventh and she won't be in this one but we got like i i i think it's crazy we have uh a certain amount of freestyle skiers we're allowed to send from canada and moguls is so competitive that uh we have like the maximum amount like four men and four women and I think there's only 21 that you can send across all sports and we wasted eight of them just on moguls <laughs> and even andy naughty who we interviewed you know was uh, one of my favorite interviews that we've done on here uh, when I was talking to her about how she missed out in um, uh, Sochi to qualify for the Olympics, and she said she was ranked ninth in the world, but because she wasn't in the top four in Canada, she missed out on the Olympics. And it's just crazy to me to think that there's a sport that we are that good at where you are fifth place in the country but still ninth in the world and not good enough to make the olympics so that's where all my attention is going to be this time it's crazy it really is um and i mean a lot of what we're going to do in this episode is obviously look at some of the sports look at our medal chances talk up the athletes that we've had on the show and you know we're going to have some fun moments of course we're going to be bringing you daily recaps like we did during rio but um you know we, we have to look keep an eye out of course for our uh you know winter version of ryan lochte of course you know we're going to be really making sure that we do that uh also i feel uh this one's probably going to be easier for us Jared, our winter version of the Campbell sisters, because we're Australian, pretty much every single one of our athletes will end up being a Campbell sister and choking. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I'm just looking here at the respective histories of our countries at the Winter Olympics. Now, coming into this, uh, Australia in our history have won a total of 12 medals. That is five gold, three silver, four bronze, all of which have been achieved in the last 24 years. Um, so pre Lillehammer, uh, never won any medals, and we've, you know, at least we've won medals at every Olympic since Lillehammer. We've won gold at every Olympic since 2002, with the exception of Sochi. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And this is going to be a record for Australia in the fact that we are sending 51 athletes to these games, which is up. Uh, no, sorry, I apologize. That's down from Sochi. We had 60 in Sochi, but, um, still, this is going to be our second biggest team ever. Uh, whereas for Canada, uh, you sent 220 to Sochi. Uh, do you have an exact number yet? Colin, I, I can't see this here yet for Canada, but um, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to be sending more to, to Pyeongchang. Yeah, I don't have the exact number, but I, I do have, when you were mentioning how many medals you'd won and you said 12, I said, oh, so you've won almost as many medals as we won golds in Vancouver, <laughs> <laughs> which... I, that was the other big bragging point when, you know, the Vancouver Olympics, where we went an entire week without winning a gold medal, <laughs> and then within the last week set the all-time record with 14. I mean, 
we're at like 170 medals period for Canada and 62 of those gold. So yeah. there's a big difference. Which is, I remember um, during Vancouver, because I, I think a big thing, wasn't it, for you guys, was you were the only country in the history of the Olympics never to win gold during your home yeah. Olympics. Not once, but twice. Uh, Montreal and Calgary both failed to win gold medals. But that was kind of like you were fearing that was going to happen, wasn't it? Because I remember kind of the nervousness of Canada. That was all in our media too. Like, Canadians are starting to get worried. They still haven't won a gold yet on their home soil. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it was just like, boom, everything exploded. Yeah, and we always knew we'd get at least one gold in the hockey and at least one gold out of curling. But those first seven days, like everybody in the country was sweating because they had built this up for so many years. And they even developed this program, which was called Own the Podium, which is almost like Off the Podium. <laughs> um, maybe we can, you know, sue them or something. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, they came first. They're going to yeah, sue us. Say, oh, they no. came first. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there was so much built up that, you know, we spent years just getting ready so that we could make a huge impact in Vancouver. And seven days in, and we hadn't won a single gold medal. I mean, yeah, that was really nerve-wracking. But to see what came after that was like, I don't think we'll ever experience anything as crazy as that as far as like Canada and any Olympics ever again. What's fascinating, there are 15 sports in these Winter Games. We'll go through them in a minute. Um, Canada have won, out of their 170 medals in the history of the Olympics, you've won it in 12 different sports. Uh, your most successful, clearly, is ice hockey. Um, that is in terms of gold medal. If you go over total medals, that is speed skating. Um, your least successful, into which you've still won three medals, two of them gold, uh, biathlon, um, as well as cross-country skiing. Uh, Australia have actually only ever won medals in four sports. Uh, those being freestyle skiing, our clearly our most dominant, because we've done that in aerials and moguls. Um, then short track speed skating and snowboarding are tied and our solitary medal in alpine skiing, uh, a bronze. So, uh, Jared, what, what do we need to pick up our game here? I, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, the luge. I feel that Australia needs to, uh, pick our game up on these sliding sports. And also I'm an advocate for biathlon and I know we've got at least one biathlete in these Olympics. So, uh, you know, I, I feel that this is where we've really got to up our game, isn't it? Yeah, I'd like to see us crack into the uh, figure skating arena too. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, it is Such the gymnastics of the of the Winter Olympics. It's basically a, a floor routine on ice. Well, so I think um, we've had some success in gymnastics. So I think we can bring that onto the rink. We we have, uh, you know, two of our. I think both our figure skater competitors have been on the show. So if we've brought them luck. We're going to find out. Um, but yeah, we'll go over some of these sports and just, I think this is like personal preference time. I mean, there's 15 sports, as I said, there's obviously, you know, what, pretty much half the sports that you have in the summer games. But th the reason why I love the Winter Olympics more is because for Australians, we never see these sports. These are just not sports that we are familiar with. And to me, whereas like, I, as I said, I listened to our Rio coverage, uh, our first one and, you know, Jared having the great old fun with, you know, rhythmic gymnastics and we're talking about wrestling <laughs> and sailing and there, there's a bunch of boring sports at the Summer Olympics. Let's be honest. There's really no boring sport at the Winter Olympics. Even curling no. is fantastic. Like the cross country skiing is fantastic. Biathlon. That is the modern pentathlon to me of the Winter Games. It is just, when you mix sports together, that is just amazing. I love the biathlon. But the sports, like alpine skiing, that is amazing. That is, you know, that's the, the athletics of the Winter Games. You know, downhill, what a great sport. Slalom, you know, the Super G. Like, what a sport called the Super G. 
Um, you know, biathlon, great. Bobsleigh, well, hello, it's, you know, cool runnings, brilliant. Cross-country skiing, the marathon of the Winter Olympics, it's great. Curling, fantastic. Figure skating, Jared just said it, gymnastics of the Winter Games. Freestyle skiing, you know, you've got moguls, you've got aerials, you've got ski cross, you know, fantastic. Ice hockey, the best sport of the Games. Luge, can we just talk about luge? Luge is amazing. And can don't, we? Don't get me started on doubles luge, we'll get to that. Nordic, uh, yeah. <laughs> Nordic combined. That, no, that's the modern pentathlon of the Winter Games, Ben, but cross, uh, Bob, biathlon's nearly there, but Nordic combined, amazing. Short track speed skating, amazing. Skeleton, it's loose but backwards. Ski jumping, incredible. <laughs> Snowboarding, incredible. Spe- There's no boring sports. Jared, why don't we watch these? I'm, I'm so excited my voice is raised up so high. This is, these are, sports are amazing. They are incredible, and there needs to be... I want more coverage year-round. Yes. I want them to send the athletes down to uh, to Threadbow and, and let's put our on our own game. I think we, like, I've been watching uh, the Royal NHG, the Salt Lake Ice Tree, when they had the Smiggins Holes 2010 bid. You know, hilarious. I think it's our goal, these games, like, we started the Flin Flon bid. Sadly, that's not really <laughs> been that successful. I think we need to start, like, Threadbow 2026 or something like that, don't we, Jared? I mean, is that... Or Mount Hotham 2026. Where do you think we should go? I think Threadbow is the place to be. Yeah, I think I think it's got a good ring to it. And, and I mean, great facilities there. Or, or, actually, if I'm being Tasmanian here, it should be Ben Lomond 2026. Uh, our ski resort town in Tasmania. What do you think about that? That, that would work. Yeah, let's get Tasmania on the map. Yes, bring, there we go. We've got the winter bid back. What, Ben Waterworth doesn't put them on the map? <laughs> I'm about to leave, Colin. Shut up. Um, ben Lomond, 2026. We'll get that going up. Colin, I mean, those sports to you, I mean, you've got a channel for those in every single one of your cable networks, right? Like, you just were tuned out yeah, of the exactly. Nordic the Nordic combined 24-7 channel, didn't you? <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that because our network TV has coverage of pretty much all these things. I don't know what it was like for you during Rio if Seven Mate was, you know, <laughs> the months prior showing rhythmic gymnastics or equestrian. But leading up to this, every single Saturday and every single Sunday – it's showing uh, some combination of these sports. Usually it'll be two or three of them throughout the course of the afternoon. So everyone you mentioned, I have seen at some point in the last couple of weeks on network television. That's crazy. I, I mean, I've got uh, cable television and we've got all the sports ones and I've been paying attention. We actually had the Snowboard Cross World Champions on there recently and I was watching Chumpy go out in the semifinals. I was like, oh, this is a good preview for the games probably. Um, and there was a Moguls on and I think it might have been, I was watching it, Colin, thinking, oh, is this the Calgary ones which you didn't get to go to? Um, yeah. But I've never seen Nordic combined on Australian television. I don't <laughs> even think, Jared, do you have any memory of Channel 7, Channel 10, Channel 9, uh, showing Nordic combined on Australian television ever. Never. I've, I've never even heard of it. Well, look, this is, this is it. We're selling it right now. Uh, Biathlon is second. Nordic combined is our selling point right now. So we're going to have a Chloe Esposito moment at some point during these games. This is a combination of cross country skiing and ski jumping. All right. This is like if Eddie the Eagle got off his skis and then decided to ski for another hundred kilometers. Like, I, I, the only thing that I think they need to improve with this sport is because it's separate, right, Colin? Like, they'll ski jump one day, then they'll do a cross-country mm-hmm. ski the next day. To combine it, like, start at the top of the jump, right? Ski down, jump up, land, and then keep going. And then, like, that skill... 
Yeah, but I mean, to have the full effect of it being one sport, you would need them to cross country ski so fast that they can create the speed <laughs> yeah. to get at least three feet in the air off a jump. And then, then it makes sense. That's good. I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, we talked about that during the modern pentathlon about like, do they fence the horse and chop it up and then like swim with the body parts in the water or something like that? Like, you know, they've got to just we- think about this. Can we theorize, let's say there's not a single bad sport here, can we theorize what sport would be like our groaner during the Winter Olympics? <laughs> I don't know if any of you guys have one, but like, oh. like, is there a possibility of like equestrian, you know, dressage <laughs> for <laughs> for ice horse skating? Like, we could have bat horse versus Mr. Yes. Freeze horse or something like that. Jared, I was going to ask you, you've got to keep an eye out for the bat horse of these games. <laughs> Yeah, we will find it. Trust me. I don't know. That's a good question because, like, legitimately, there's not a sport here. Like, most people in Australia would probably say curling, but, like, curling's amazing. <laughs> I love curling. Jared, what would you... Jared, you've never even asked your feelings. <laughs> um, oh. I think certain types of figure skating, um, <laughs> the ones where they don't do as, as many jumps and it's more just flinging the hands out and, and, and going through the motions... Um, yeah, they, they tend to grade a little. Do you ice think- dancing? Yeah, I was going to say ice dancing. Like, I'm sorry, Torvald and Dean fans, but, um, I mean, that's just lazy. Like, that's just, you know, like, that's, that's not, <laughs> that's just appealing to the kids. Um, which- that's lazy as if you have, like, the figure skating coaches out there. And then they're like, you know what? These three kids are kind of lazy, but I bet they'd be great in the skate dance. But, but, like, to me, figure skating is graceful. It's like it's skill. You've got to do these axles and lutzes and all these sort of things. Like, it's it's got some skill to it. Ice dancing is just like, you know, dancing with the stars with skates on your feet. Like, I mean, we had that, didn't yeah. we, Jared? Like, three versions of skating on ice with, like, Reggie and Carl Stefanovic in the mid-2000s. You remember those reality shows? I do. I bring those back to on on the lead up to to the twenty twenty six games, please. <laughs> I, I think Jared, Jared, you want them to add ribbons and balls to ice dancing, right? Like imagine <laughs> Torval and Dean swirling around with a ribbon. Oh, I couldn't imagine anything worse. <laughs> do you know that our flag bearers for these games are an ice dancing pair? <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> I yeah, like. I still can watch it though. Like this is the thing where I could not sit down and watch a sailing. Like, oh, there we go, boat number twelve off in the distance. The crowd's going crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that there really isn't. I I'm a I'm an advocate. Well, actually, for your flag bearer now, Colin, that you sent me that picture. Um, <laughs> but I I am such an advocate for doubles luge because, like, if you. Oh. <laughs> Can we just go over, like, the weirdness of some of these sports, right? <laughs> Luge in itself is a wacky sport. Let's, like, stand, sit at the top of a hill, move our hands really quickly on the ice and just lay down. Like, lay down Sally from those uh, Athens games would be good at Luge. And just, like, basically lay down and hope that you reach the bottom, right? Well, you talked about bobsled in our Cool Runnings recap on the Oz Network, Colin, about how is this really a sport? Like, outside of the running, could this be a sport? Like, Luge is kind of the lazy bobsled. But, like... Doubles luge, like, this is, and it's like, it's only the men, the women don't compete in doubles luge, it's two, like, grown muscular men in skin-tight clothing, (laughs) laying on top of each other, going fast down a pipe, like, who comes up with this sport? (laughs) You know, you have to always look into the future to see where this could go terribly (laughs) wrong, I mean... 
not to you know be inconsiderate to the female illusionists out there. <laughs> that's a word. But if you let let's just let's just play devil's advocate. If you let women into the luge, eventually we're going to have mixed doubles luge, and that's just a recipe for sexual harassment and sexual assault. Well, so let's I, just not go there. I'm I'm calling for double skeleton. Um, and I think that we should have mixed double skeleton, and we would probably have the very first baby conceived during an Olympic event, uh, at some point in the future, if you have double skeleton. So, uh, <laughs> more doubles! Some sports need to remain segregated between men and women. <laughs> Seriously, we are going to keep a very close eye on doubles luge, uh, during this Olympics. <laughs> want everybody to just watch it. It is the most weirdest sport to ever watch. Just, and and they're like, when they win gold, like, you know, it's usually what the Italians or the Germans, you know, they're the good ones at Luge. Um, but then, like, the way they're just celebrating. And they're so muscular. Why are they so muscular? It's Luge. Like, I could do Luge. Uh, <laughs> probably. Uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, I actually do enjoy the skeleton because, like, that's... Like, we talk about guilty pleasure sports just, like, curling, but, like, skeleton's just fascinating because as fascinating as luge is, like, at <laughs> some point in history, someone's gone, I like this sport, but let's go down face first. <laughs> like, Jared, would you would you rather lose your skeleton? This, As an Australian, we don't have any opportunity to do this in our country properly. I'm not talking about these fake tracks. I'm talking about the real ones. Uh, would you, I mean, these have got to be terrifying though, as an Australian. Do you like, I'm asking you 30 questions here, Jared. Skeleton, uh, what's your thoughts on it? I think skeleton's just a little bit unnatural, isn't it? I think, um, <laughs> I mean, luge is just, just kind of like a water slide, but on a mat. And I imagine that's how the Australians train given, given, given our lack of ice. Um, but yeah, you've got to be crazy to go down that thing head first. Um, yeah, I don't understand. Seeing, uh, you wouldn't even see anything. I don't, I don't get it. I would like to. I know. I want to see a camera from their perspective. Get the GoPro in. We need that shot this year. <laughs> There's just so many of these sports, which are just like, how did they come up with this? Like, let's analyze every one. Ski jumping. Like, oh, let's just attach some pieces of wood to our feet, jump up high, but you've got to do it precisionly and land. Like, this is the uniqueness about the Winter Olympics that I love too. Is that so many of these sports on paper are just kind of standard, but they've all got judging elements to it. Like, you love the moguls, Colin. And, like, I enjoy the moguls. Dale Beg-Smith, great Australian Olympian. We love the moguls. But, like, who comes up with this idea to ski down giant bumps in the snow? And if that's not bad enough, let's make you do a flip halfway through and we'll judge you for it. Like, what is this sport? Yeah. <laughs> Several mini jumps. Like, And, again, I just want to... F- add these things to different things what if ice dancing had to be done downhill on like an ice slide and they had jumps to go off while dancing like dirty dancing style you know what is that no. move they do at the end the, oh. the, the big dirty dancing move? Oh, i don't know something about baby in the corner and she's not even in a bloody corner um <laughs> ben loman 2026 will have bumps in the ice so, that, you know, all the competitors, like the Russians, will be back in the games by then. I reckon all the drugs have cleared out of their system in, like, eight years. Um, but they'll have to do, like, the Lutz over a ramp. Um, and then you're going to have just, like, your Aussie Ben Lohman judges in the crowd going, mate, that was fucking brilliant, like, three out of ten. Like, fucking, you could have done better than that. Um, so... Oh, I'm so excited. What's what's your guilty pleasure sport, Jared? Um, I mean, well, actually, what's your favourite sport as well? I should kind of ask you that at the same time. I think favourite would have to be the aerial skiing. I just think 
it's insane and it is just heart in, in your mouth the, the whole time it's going on. Uh, guilty pleasure. I mean, it's it's got to be the curling. I think it's uh, the the skill, the skill. But it's also it is that kind of Olympic sport for the non Olympians. Yes. Um, just the everyday folk getting out there, brushing some ice. Um, <laughs> the and the Norwegians sport. doing it in the in their um loud pants. Yes. Um, it's 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 a sight to behold. I'm so sad we're not seeing the Russian curlers. Uh, Colin pointed me out them recently. They're quite attractive. Um, yeah. When we are they the, not there this year? Are they competing under that weird thing that they're competing under? Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do I want to take you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will get to who I want to take you. They're coming up soon. Um, but like when we eventually get to the Commonwealth Games after the Winter Games, we talk about lawn bowls. Like, I mean, lawn bowls is great, you know. Yeah, but like if I want to see Doris and Phil, like, you know, the country club, I can just go down the street now. I can't go watch curling at all in Australia. There's like 30 curlers in this entire country. And I will still stand by the fact that one day I will be an Olympian in curling. Jared, you're going to be on the team with me. Um, this is, as you said, the every man sport, every person sport. It's gender neutral. Canada just changed their national anthem because of that. Um, Colin, you're, I know what your favourite sport is. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Ice dancing. <laughs> <laughs> we have some great pairs in ice dancing. It's, it's. I don't know. There's something kind of fun about it. And I like that. I mean, I should say because of the success that you know our flag bearers Tessa Virtue and Scott Moore have had. They've had their own reality show on TV. They're not even a couple, and they just get a reality show just because people love them that much here. We had another pair, and I can't remember their names, but I know that they're competing in this one, where the girl was no joke, like four foot ten, and the guy must have been six five, and they are ice dancing together, which is like the most hilarious sight you've ever seen. I mean, anytime where you can pair two people up who just do not belong. Uh, in in a room together, let alone on skates together, let alone throwing each other in the world with baby in the corner together. I mean, that that's a great sport. There's something kind of fun about it. I don't know. Uh, look, I, look. I mean, we had to choose that as a sport because you put us on the spot there, Colin. I, I really don't dislike <laughs> ice dancing, but we had to choose one. Um, yeah. So just, just go over just on the flag bearer. So you'll say say their names again for us uh, non-educated Australians. Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer. Okay, so I'm just looking here for Australia. Uh, the news has actually just come out uh, that Lydia Lassala has turned down the opportunity what? to be our... And she's a five-time Olympian. Easily, you know, up there in our top, you know, most decorated Olympians. I think alongside Tora Bright and Dale Begg smith as our most successful Winter Olympians ever, you know, been on this show. She's a legend, and she's just qualified. She's come back into the sport. Uh, she had a baby, and she's just a legend. Uh, but, Jared, I don't know if you saw this news, but she's she's turned it down to focus. She doesn't want to be distracted, and no distractions. Uh, so she's basically said, no, I don't want to carry a flag into an opening ceremony because that's going to distract me too much. <laughs> what, no distractions from having a baby? Well, <laughs> and the Olympics, I guess. Um... But, I mean, surely, Jared, and, and Colin, you were on this because you actually did the interview with her, but it's got to be Britt Cox, doesn't it, Jared? I mean, who else is it going to be? Scotty James, maybe, but I reckon it's going to be Britt Cox. Yeah, heat the pressure on, I, I say. Yeah. Jared, uh, Colin, you'd obviously like to see uh, our, our Brit, Aussie Brit, carrying the flag. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was so weird because, like, I'll watch the moguls every time it's on TV, so even just watching uh, the World Cup... Um, not the one that was in Calgary, but the other Canadian one they had. And they kind of show highlights of the qualification, highlights of, you know, 
the semifinals or whatever. And then it's only at the end when I'm like, oh, we got one or two skiers left to go. And I'm like, wait a second. She's not even in here. Like, what went wrong? And I was thinking to myself, like, is she sick? Was she injured? Did somebody <laughs> kill her? Like, how is it possible she's not in the finals here? So... I don't know. As long as she's alive and well, I mean, I, she's pretty much your your best bet for any medal, let alone oh. you know a gold's pretty much a lock at this point for her. Yeah, like we're gonna get to that in a second. Um, I'm just looking here. So a lot of other countries have named their flag bearers. I'm so happy to say that the uh, Danish flag bearers, who I predicted, it's Elena Moller Rigas, uh, speed skater. That's that's an honor that he or she deserves. I'm gonna say it's a she. Um, <laughs> 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 he or she is really deserves um, It's a she. It's a she. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, good news for you, uh, Jared. I know you were hoping for this that uh, Croatia's flag bearer will be Natiko Zurnik Dim. So uh, you got your wish. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm very excited about that. Um, but not as excited as Tongan's Tongan's flag bearer. Oh, which is Tongan's flag bearer from the Summer Olympics. <laughs> oh, he's back! What? He's back. <laughs> is he competing? Get a loincloth on the ice. <laughs> what? Who he, knows? Is he competing, or are they just like, oh, we're not actually here? We thought we'd send him again. <laughs> no, no, he, he's competing. Evidently, it's very easy to pick up cross country skiing in, <laughs> within two years. <laughs> Oh, this is why the Winter Olympics are amazing. Tonga are just sitting around going, oh, let's go to the Winter Olympics. Who? Oh, the, the guy. Let's send him. That's awesome. Um, wow. That's, that's incredible. Um, just the nations, actually, it's interesting because, uh, you know, we joke about Russia. Uh, they're not going to be there. Well, sort of are. They're represented under, what are they, independent athletes from Russia. Um, or Olympic athletes from Russia, but there are actually six countries set to make their debut at the Winter Olympics. We have the great nations of Ecuador, Eritrea, Kosovo, Malaysia, Nigeria, and Singapore. There's going to be strong rivalry between all six of these. I'm going to say it right now. I'm pre- I'm predicting Kosovo will come out on top with zero medals. Um, Jared, have you got a prediction out of those six? I think Malaysian will finish a finish a strong uh, force in every event that they're oh, in. Oh, big call, big call. Colin, do you have any idea what we just talked about? <laughs> you know, I feel like Eritrea is due after all these years of being snubbed, but it's just not their time. I mean, I don't see it going well for them. Uh, <laughs> so who is competing? The great alpine skier from Eritrea, Shannon Abeda. Ah, oh, the esteemed Shannon Abeda. From Fort McMurray, Alberta, representing Eritrea. Like, she had a better... This is just pure greed. There is no way I can make the Alpine skiing team in Canada. I will compete for Eritrea as its lone athlete. She is the Dale Begg Smith of Eritrea, turning their back <laughs> on Canada to represent it. Um, I'm actually intrigued. Um, you know, we, we talked about this during Rio, Australia versus New Zealand. Uh, the difference is coming into the Winter Olympics. New Zealand just suck even more than we do in the Winter Olympics. Having said that, they, they did actually win a Winter Olympic medal before we did in 1992, but they haven't won one since. Um, and I'm looking forward to talking to Nick about this during the week to see if New Zealand actually realise the Winter Olympics are on. But they're sending, um, 21 athletes in alpine skiing, freestyle skiing, skeleton, skeleton! Yes, bro, we're selling someone in the skeleton! Um, snowboarding and speed skating. So we'll keep an eye on New Zealand finishing last in all those events. Um, and just quickly too, uh, on the sports, there are, um, how many new sports are there here? A few. So we have, uh, big air snowboarding, mixed doubles curling, 
mass start speed skating and mixed team alpine skiing. Big air snowboarding. Now that kind of sounds fun. Do you know anything about this, Colin, or are you just learning about this today? I mean, I've seen it in like the X Games and everything. I mean, the X Games is basically your trial for everything that will eventually be in the Olympics. So uh, snowboarding just seems to be getting bigger and bigger. I remember when it was like one event or uh, I don't even know if they had uh, anything other than just like a slalom in Nagano. So, I mean, the more they add, the better. I just hope that, you know, they can keep the events individual from the skiing events. So it's not just doubled up, but, you know, we're on one board as opposed to two. (laughs) doubles snowboarding like <laughs> just two <Yeah>. men <laughs> that'd be fun um we should also mention the other big sort of thing coming into this is of course the fact that uh for the first time what since 1994 we'll have no uh well i wouldn't say professional hockey players i would say nhl hockey players uh playing in the ice hockey which how how is canada feeling about that colin i mean is this affecting the ice hockey and the people paying less attention to it more attention to it how do you feel that uh the ice hockey is going to be these games we talked about this a little bit on our recap of Miracle, um, and I think the men's ice hockey, it's just nobody really knows what to think. They're kind of just looking at the team saying, oh, yeah, I remember this guy played briefly in the NHL five years ago. Uh, but it's put so much more attention on the women's uh, hockey, which, I mean, four years ago, and you know, eight years ago, whatever – it's more or less just, yeah, we know it's going to be us in the United States in the finals, and you know, there's not a lot of excitement behind it. But there's been so much more excitement with the women's hockey uh, leading into this. Like, uh, I was at the um, uh, one of the five exhibition games they had between Team USA and Team Canada, they had here in Winnipeg, and I took my four nieces there, and it was crazy. It was like 10,000 screaming young girls. Hmm. So I think obviously it's getting a lot of girls interested in the sport because suddenly the attention is on these players and these players who up until now have been amateurs and you know only really you see them in the Olympics every once in a while and it's the same players every time. Now they're the celebrities and one of our uh, cereal box campaigns, as I said, they have like six or seven of our biggest athletes. They put one of the women's hockey players on a cereal box and that's one of our big athletes we're, we're you know, representing here. So even for me, I'm, I don't really know if I'm going to pay as much attention to i'll definitely pay more attention to the men's because it's more of an open field but like the women's that's where i'm more excited about i want to see what we can do you're familiar with the players they're kind of the famous ones now yeah it's it's interesting i mean i will always pay very much the, generally my favorite sport and i really hope that the coverage and we'll talk about our broadcasters uh sort of towards the end of this but um it was always a thing here in australia that they would only ever show like a few bits of highlights of ice hockey and then generally they'd show like the gold medal game it was very rarely shown here but the last uh, i mean channel 10 did a very good job i think the last olympics of showing a lot of it and uh now that we've kind of got these apps and you know multi screens and multi channels and all this sort of stuff so we'll talk about that soon but i guess kind of our medal chances here i mean Colin's going to be here for a while, so I think we'll start with the Australians. Um, I think th- I found a few websites here actually have predicted medal tallies, and they're kind of all over the shop, really, in terms of that they're not all consistent. I mean, some here have got, like, Canada, for example, in, like, second and third. Others have Canada in tenth. Um, so, like, the one here I found, it was the only one with Australia because they're showing the top 20. Uh, this is a CNN predicted Winter Olympics medal tally. They have Australia winning two gold and two silver, which would make it our most successful ever. They have Canada winning seven gold, 12 silver, 14 bronze to put them in fifth. Uh, the one consistency here is a lot of them pretty much have Germany finishing on top. Um, but I guess for us, Jared, let's, let's put the, the Mickey on her. Let's, let's put the, you know, the, the jinx on her right now. Brit Cox, um, 
I mean, this is a lock, is this not? I mean, I know, Colin, I'll get to you. You can talk about it too, because you know more about moguls than we do. But I think what... This is the chumpy pulling effect. This is the one that everybody is saying, Jared, that she is all but assured of a gold medal because she just dominated this sport so, so much. So I, I'm really hoping she's not going to pull a Campbell because I would love to see her live up to all this hype that is around her coming into these games. Yeah, exactly. She she deserves it too, I think. The Olympics coming around every every four years, obviously it is a bit of a, a crapshoot to... to to get that gold medal, but she's she won so many events in the lead up, like you said, just has completely dominated the sports. And yeah, she just, she just deserves nothing less than a gold medal here. I would kind of even be a disappointment if she wins silver or bronze, just because she has been so on top of the sport for for, for quite a while now. And it's the third Olympics too, so uh, it's not like this is uh, you know new to her. I mean. Colin, you you did the interview. Uh, we'll talk about kind of the ones that we're going to be obviously keeping a close eye on because they've, they've been on the show. I mean, we've had in the lead-up to this 11 athletes uh, interviewed, uh, 12 if I count Holly Crawford, who I interviewed on The Brink several years ago, which will be put in one of our uh, Rewind interviews. She's competing again. But, uh, I mean, you spoke to, to Britt Cox. You're a big fan of hers. Uh, you're a fan of the Cox, uh, Colin. Um, <laughs> couldn't resist. Uh, give us your view take on Brittany. Is she, is she guaranteed a medal here or a gold for Australia? Um, well, it's tough to say. If this were 12 months ago, I'd say guaranteed a gold. But this season has been a lot more up and down, it seems, for pretty much everybody. Uh, I, I think she's the odds-on favorite. It's not as much of a lock as, like, the men's. It's a lock for Canada, for Mikel Kingsbury. For the women's, uh... The Deferla Point sisters are kind of odd in that they just sort of flip flop all over the place. Like in Sochi, I don't think that Justine Deferla Point was, you know, the front runner and she ended up winning gold and then she kind of dominated the next year. And then her sister Chloe kind of dominated and Justine took a backseat. And even this season, it's like Justine is working from the bottom up. But in the last few events, she just, she was getting better and better. And, you know, I think the, the final one before the Olympics, she was on the top spot. So, I don't know. It all depends on. We've, I haven't really seen anybody, you know, repeat as far as like the Deferla Point sisters. Haven't seen anybody repeat in the Olympics. But the competition's still a little bit open with the women's. I mean, you have one French skier, you have the two Deferla Point sisters, and then Andy Naughty for Canada, and then you have Brittany Cox. So, I mean, those five, I think, without a doubt, those are going to be the top five there. It's just. I think it's it's completely up in the air still. I think you you may be disappointed. I won't be disappointed just because I, I mean I think you know for her to come out as quickly as she did last year was fantastic. But if if she loses to a Canadian, I'll be happy. If a Canadian loses to her, I'll still be happy. Well, good. Um, but it's just it's it's probably typical Australian media then to oversell her as much as they did with like Chumpy going into to Sochi. But uh, uh, I mean, they... it, there's no doubt she's she's definitely performed the best of the last few years. But I think this season is a little bit more shaky. I think for everybody, it's it's still. Ha- it's, I mean, it's also midway into the season. You don't really know where somebody's at until it gets closer. You meant to be year. giving us more confidence here. Come on, Colin. We're Australians. We're not used to winning medals. She is a lock. Thank you. She is a 
she's going to win the gold medal for ultimate <laughs> Olympian of all time she's, and greatest off the podium guest we've ever had. She's going to be like Yul Brynner when I win the Olympics and become <laughs> famous. Um, <laughs> like, um, Same bolt, take backseat, Brittany Cox is here. And that is how Colin Hilding got a job for Channel 7. Um, the other <laughs> the other medal chance I think for us, I mean, as I said, the, the predictor's winning four there, but I think kind of our big ones outside of, of Brit, uh, Scotty J. James uh, in snowboarding. Uh, this is also his third Olympics. Similar to Brett Cox, debuted as a 15-year-old back in Vancouver. But world champion, uh, just an absolute uh, legend in the sport of snowboarding now. He's really had a, um, a good run since the last Olympics. So, you know, he's a real, real big shot of a medal for us. And probably up there with Brett Cox is one that kind of people are expecting him to come away with a medal. Um, Chumpy's on the list again, Jared. I mean, Chumpy's consistent. He He's a consistent performer. Couple of world champions championships uh you know constant world cup performer uh he's always up there appeared on the show great guy um he's a good looking rooster as i'm stealing that saying from somebody recently uh so he's got everything about him and if he gets a gold medal uh an overdue gold medal uh, according to um our channel 10 counterpart from four years ago uh i mean this guy's got potential to become a, a i mean look what happened to tora bright right after she won that gold he's going to be a big star in this country should he win a gold right jared yeah, he'll be on the side of cereal boxes over here as well, uh, if he can pull off that feed. And, and if he does, then there's a chance that Colin might get his name right too. He might hear of him a bit more. Have you practiced his name, Colin? Chumpy Pullen. <laughs> no, I've, I've been I've been brushing up on my Australian cereals, though. I mean, I love echidna flakes. Those are my favourite. <laughs> They're prickly, but healthy. Um, others, obviously, I mean, you know, we spoke about David Morris and Lydia Lassler, our errors. I mean, we've always got a strong... Ariel's contingent. Uh, you know, David Morris has been consistent. Um, you know, he's placed uh, quite frequently on the podium on the World Cup, so he's kind of doing well. Lydia Lassler kind of coming out of her sort of, I guess, motherhood retirement. Um, you know, she's still got the the ability to, to go well there, but it's not just kind of with her. We've got a very strong Ariel's team that uh, has been doing very well in the World Cup, but we've only got, uh, as I said, uh, 51 athletes, so it's kind of easier for us to keep an eye on them. But just in terms of who have appeared on this show, and I'll kind of lump this in here now before, obviously, Colin, I'll get to you and your 38,000 medal chances you have for, Col- uh, for Colin. That's just, you're the country now. Uh, but obviously, you know, for, we're going to be keeping a very much close eye on uh, Lydia Lassler. She appeared on the show, of course, Brittany Cox. Uh, we had Bill Brockhoff, who is, she's a consistent performer. She can, uh, on a day, do well. Sammy Kennedy Sim, uh, who was a great interview with us. David Morris, of course. Our figure skaters in Brendan Kerry and uh, Kalani Crane. Uh, who have both appeared on the show, of course, Chumpy Pullen and Andy Jung, who we just had on uh, very recently in the short track speed skating, who is in the top 10 in the world. So, and we obviously as Australians know how fickle that sport can be. And uh, Holly Crawford in the snowboarding as well, who uh, appeared on the show back in the day. We, uh, Joni Badenhurst, who is our uh, para skier, who, uh, snowboarder, sorry, we'll talk about her Paralympics towards the end. Uh, Colin, all right, hit us with it. You're Canada. You're predicted to win like 38 million of these. Uh, what is your lock? Like, what is the one you've mentioned? I think your Mo- moguls men, but is that like the one yeah. which everybody's like, Canada is winning this. If we don't, this will be a national tragedy. Well, I mean, just to put in perspective, Mikel Kingsbury, he won the silver last time in the men's moguls. Um, I think he's won seven out of the late last eight world championships. Um, he, has he set the all-time record for men's World Cup wins somewhere around like 32, and he's currently at 48. 
Um, he just surpassed like the all-time of all athletes and moguls, and I think he's 24 years old, 25. So, I mean, this is like the Michael Phelps of freestyle skiing, and that's not even exaggerating in any way. So if he doesn't win, I mean, I will be completely shocked. Uh, women's hockey, I think we're also pretty much you know, a lock for, I mean, gold or silver, that's an easy one to say. <laughs> um, maybe there'll be a weird upset, but I think, you know, especially after the exhibition games that Canada and U.S. had, uh, we're hopeful for that. Nobody really knows about the men's hockey, but I think, again, we're hopeful that we're going to get a medal. Um, bobsledding is one of the, the, the two women bobsled is one of the ones that's getting the most attention here. And they just had like a TV special on uh, our bobsled. Kay- Kaylee Humphreys is her name. And she's kind of slowly risen every single Olympics and every single year. And I think she was number one in the world last year. Uh, Charles Hamlin's a big one because he could go on to become the most accomplished Canadian athlete of all time. And I think this will be like four straight Olympics that he would have meddled in. And uh, he's about to go for our, I can't remember. I, I interviewed him and I, I, they even had a special on last night where they interviewed him as well. And they mentioned how many medals he won, but it's like maybe five or six medals he's won in short track speed skating. And only one of them hasn't been a gold ever. And I think that was like his first medal ever. So, and that'll be fun if he wins too, because, you know, I was able to interview with him last summer and there was kind of talk about, oh, this is going to be our final Olympics. And he said, not saying that we broke it first, but hey, maybe we broke it first here. Just say it. Just say <laughs> it. Did, we did. We broke it first here. He said it was his final Olympics and he is definitely guaranteeing that now. So this is like a huge deal who's been competing for years. And for him to say, this is my last time, this is like Cindy Clausen, you know, for, for men. I don't know. Was Cindy Clausen really talked about there or is that just a Canadian thing? We No, she's the one who won medals in cycling and speed skating, right? Is she that one? Uh, well, that was Clara Hughes, but yeah, they were both speed skaters. Well, I've, I've of heard that. of the name. I've heard of her name before. <laughs> let's, let's shut up and give that to me at least. <laughs> Charles, Charles Hamlin, big deal like Cindy Clausen here. Uh, curling, I think, is the one where, where it's like, it doesn't really matter who we send at this point, because I think it was up in the air and we're sending a different woman's team than we sent last time. And uh, no matter who we send or who qualifies, it's sort of like, yeah, we know we're going to win gold in both of those. The mixed doubles is the one where it's going to be a little bit more interesting because it is a new event. And I know that we qualified a team. One of them is from here in Winnipeg, which was kind of fun. But uh, not really sure where we're going to medal in that. But, I mean, Canada, it's like our maybe even just as much as hockey. That is like the Canadian sport. Um I think they're predicting 33 medals overall. I, I don't know how many. I would guess we might see seven or eight gold out of that. Maybe more. Who knows? Um, obviously, ice dancing. There's a lot, uh, a lot of hope on like Virtue and Moore, and also Patrick Chan, who's like you know just for individual men's figure skating. He's like a big deal here as well. And I think he won. Uh, did he win silver in Sochi? Yeah, he won two silvers in Sochi. So I think those are our main sports. Those are the cereal box competitors right now. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the different Point sisters, maybe they'll pull off an upset or something like that. But, uh, I mean, there's so many athletes going on here. It's like, and it's hard to keep track. You, you get the ones where you're like, they're going in the heavy favorites, and then it ends up being a complete upset. So you really never know. What's fascinating here, just looking at it, you're sending athletes in 14 of the 15 sports. The only sport you are not competing in is Nordic combined. Um, and Come on, I know, right? This is a travesty, Canada. What are you doing? Um, and according to this list here, we're sending 10, uh, 10 different sports. Um, 
so we've got alpine skiing, bobsleigh, cross-country skiing, figure skating, freestyle skiing, luge, short track, skeleton, snowboarding, and full track speed skating. I think that's wrong, because I did see that we have a biathlete competing uh, in these games. So I'm going to say we have 11 uh, sports uh, competing, uh, because we do... No, apparently we don't. I swear that biathlete did make the games. Maybe I am... She's a late inclusion, and they just haven't updated the website. But anyway, um, I'm intrigued about this full speed skating for Australia because we don't have a full-size rink in this country um, for <laughs> for full track speed skating. So uh, the athlete there to look out for is Daniel Gregg or Greg. I'm gonna say <laughs> oh, the guy who fell over. Is that is that him? Right? The dude who slipped in Sochi. Oh, I, I don't remember that. <laughs> in Australia, and in typical Australian fashion, the guy who fell over in Sochi. Well, he actually won a bronze medal in the 2014 World Championships in the sprint. Um, so, this is... Can gonna... I ask a question? No. Um, <laughs> please. <laughs> oh, we said please, so sure. <laughs> well, it's just... There's another name that, like, you, you mentioned all these athletes so far. There's another name out there that, especially watching moguls, that's, I, I don't know if he's, you know, a lock for a medal, but, I mean, I could see him definitely placing top five, and that's, uh, what's his name, Matt Graham for mm. the men's moguls. And he kind of, it was the same thing as Brittany Cox last year, as he really just sort of came out of nowhere and then started, you know, appearing on the podium throughout the World Cup. Does he not get a lot of attention there? Uh, I mean, I just, there's a couple of these lists where it's giving our medal chances, and I just realised he was on one of these other lists that I didn't go over. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, this is the thing, as we keep saying with Australian and winter sports. The, most of these people only get mentioned every four years, only if they've won, like, world championships or stuff like that, and then they will mention them on the day of the competition. So, like, I'll be all like, blah, 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 Brick Cox, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way, here's Matt Graham. He finished fifth once. He could possibly do well. <laughs> and then he'll, like, be in second after the first round. Oh, wow, what an amazing effort. Oh, he's going to win a medal. Oh, this is absolutely outstanding. And then he'll, like, crash, and then everyone will not give a shit about him anymore. So, or he'll do a David Morris and win the gold and, oh, we predicted this. We, we saw this coming. <laughs> well, I predicted it. So when go. it happens, the Canadian <laughs> claims credit for it. Yes. Uh, we'll get to our predictions in two. So I want to do this. I want to actually have us come at the end and say like, oh, this is how many we each said for our, our countries. But, um, just a few things. Uh, do we, do we want to talk about Surang and Band Boorang, whatever their names are again? <laughs> um, I don't know what can we talk about, Jared. Uh, any other opinions on these mascots? This is a dumb question. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. Uh, good mascots. Great. Great names. Surang <laughs> and Boorang. <laughs> Colin Surang and Boorang. Uh, <laughs> I mean, did we, we we put that on our best of yeah. show? Didn't we? Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> I sure hope so. Like people go back and listen to our best of show just to hear. Where the mascots were unveiled of Surang and Boorang, <laughs> otherwise known as Ben Dabby. The, the funny thing is, is, I think the name has just taken over so much about Boorang that when I was looking for a picture for my Skype profile picture here, I was wondering why I couldn't find anything on Google Images when I kept searching Boorang 2018 Olympics because it doesn't exist. But it's just such a better name than Ban Dabby. Yeah, you're welcome, Korea. Um, <laughs> did we mention at all in our last episode about this that um, the logo for Pyeongchang is one of the worst logos in the history of the Olympics? That is such an ugly yeah. logo. They've drawn that on MS Paint. Um, 
I'm sorry if that's like this great, you know, symbolic thing of South Korea, but that's horrible. Um, I'm still on board. I can't wait for our Commonwealth Games coverage. I, I'm team Barobi, Barobi, the koala thing. Um, cause I have one and that's the only reason why. Um, <laughs> uh, CBC covering the games again in, in Canada. Colin, anything exciting to talk about your national broadcast? Do you get NBC as well as usual or? Yeah, I mean, I watch the American coverage less and less every single Olympics. And I think part of that is just that we get so much more of the Canadian coverage. I was just flipping through the channels uh, yesterday, the day before, seeing how much coverage we had. And it's basically about eight hours during the daytime and then about you know five hours at night and then maybe two hours during like the midnight shift or whatever. I'm sure that some of that's going to be right now. Those are just sort of placeholders. But that's probably like 17 out of 24 hours a day is straight Olympic coverage on our national network. And then on top of that, we have TSN, which are like our version of ESPN. There's five separate TSN networks. So you're going to see it on probably two or three of those at any given time. We have Sportsnet channels, uh, where you're going to see it on two or three of those at any given time. There's the French channel that'll be airing oh. at 24 hours a day. I mean, it's nonstop. I can just flip back and forth between channels and see pretty much every event. Plus, I'm still waiting, though, about the app, because we had a really great app last time where you could just choose any sport. And we kind of made fun of it on the show that some of the coverage was like one camera that was filming an event and the camera had moved and it was like off center and all it was catching was just the corner of somebody's head and a flag <laughs> waving. And it took them like 20 minutes to catch on to that. But we still could see any sport we wanted yeah. 24 hours a day. I'm really hoping for something like that again. We, we had that during Rio and I'm pretty sure, because I think Channel 10, when they had the games four years ago, were the first to kind of do that for a winter games here. And I've, I've read that Channel 7 are going to be doing that again, but no details have been released of that yet and whether or not they're going to be, you know, assholes and charge you for it again like they did last year, last, four years ago for the premium one. Um, but we're back to Channel 7 here. Um, Jared, this is the first Winter Olympics Channel 7 have had since Turin. Uh, of course, 2010 was Channel 9, 2014 was Channel 10. I really enjoyed the Channel 10 coverage four years ago, uh, and I also really enjoyed the Channel 9 coverage, and I think you and I both talked up of our uh, love-hate relationship with Channel 7 a lot during the last ones, but um, I've noticed that Channel 7 are more focused on promoting the Commonwealth Games than the Winter Games, so I'm not sure how that is going to go in terms of their coverage for these uh, Winter Olympics. So, Channel 7, any thoughts heading into the these Winter Games at all? Uh, no really strong thoughts. I'm just wondering what they're going to do without being able to do a hair montage coupled with um, a horse's tail <laughs> flicking in the wind, uh, given that they're not in the Winter Olympics. But I'm sure we'll just see plenty of close-ups of, of snow and, and the um, cliché shot of, of the ice as the figure skaters stop really slow-mo oh, and close-up. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to lots of that. And Seven Mate with doing the graceful figure skating. Here on Seven Mate, figure skating. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to looking out for good old Bruce commentary moments at the opening ceremony for Ooh, I Want to Take Ya. Uh, sadly, Andrew Gaze <laughs> won't be there probably, but I'm sure they'll send Stephen Bradbury and Lydia Lass... Oh, no, she's competing. Uh, Lisa Camplin's one I'm thinking of. I, I, if they get Dale Begg-Smith to commentate the moguls, I'm happy, but he's in his island somewhere in the Caribbean. Um, but yeah, we'll keep a, keep an eye on all, all of that. The one thing too that we're going to keep an eye on, like we did in Rio, because I believe they're both doing it again. Canada's doing the My Name Is, and yeah. I'm glad to see Australia's doing the fan messages. I'm looking at some now. Oh. Um, right now I can see here, uh, to Claudia Guielli, uh, who is an Australian, um, freestyle skier. 
in the sport of what? Um, <laughs> freestyle ski. Free, but like what's... Oh, mogul. She's a mogul skier. There you go. Your favourite. You should know who I'm talking about. Uh, Peter Bartolo from New South Wales says, Good luck on your first games. Cheers. AU. That's the little flag, I'm guessing. Um, he's one to uh, Kalani Crane, Peter on our show about a week or so ago, figure skater, from uh, Wayne Robbs in New South Wales. From a fellow Nova Scotian, you go get him, girl. Cool. Um, <laughs> to uh, snowboarder Holly Crawford from Keith and Lynn Chapel of New South Wales. Wishing you a successful Olympics, Holly. We'll be watching with great interest. Love, Lynn and Keith, XX. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, he's one to Kent Callister, who is our esteemed snowboarder. Um, this is from Kellen McNell, an overseas fan. Simply says, get the gold. Uh, <laughs> uh, one more, one more. Uh, to Brendan Carey, our figure skater. This is from Tim Nash, overseas fan. Best to you. If USA does not win, we really wish you and your team the very best at the Olympics. I might even purchase a shirt of your team. Blessings. Uh- <laughs> Can I give a tease here too? Please do. I want to hear some Canadian ones here. Uh, I'm gonna just gonna give a very brief tease here because we're gonna have so many good ones here. I, I, we have about 25 of them that have been put up. There's probably adding them once a day. The the really exciting thing is that uh, we were able to do the interviews with both Charles Hamlin and Andy Naughty, who are going to be competing. Uh, in this Olympics, but they didn't do this. They only started this in Rio. So when they appear on the show, I explained to them, I'm like, hey, do you know that the, you know, Team Canada, the, the Olympic website, they let people fill out the questionnaire and they're handwriting everything. So we gave them some of the questions that I'm, I'd be interested to go back and compare to see how many that we got. But we can claim that. It's like we got Andy Naughty and Charles Hamlin's I Am Canadian <laughs> Things first. But this one, I'll just give you one simple one here just because this shows how great this thing is and how uh, uh actual real this is uh with real handwriting and all that scott gow it says hi my name is scott gow and i'm a biathlete and the only one i want to read here is the question if i could have any superpower it would be he started writing inviability and then crossed it out realizing he spelt it wrong and wrote invincibility <laughs> wow that's that's brilliant uh i want to add a quick one here because this is just how this worked during rio when people Again, don't realise, this is my message to Australians, sending fan messages to our Winter Olympic Olympians. Great idea, we're going to be keep doing it throughout the Games. I reckon, Jared, we can actually send a message to every single one of our athletes. There's only 51 of them. Uh, there's 16 <laughs> days. That's, you know, three a day. We can do it. Um, that's our yeah, Olympic, people. that's our Olympic goal. We'll, I'll come up with a checklist and every day we'll make sure we tick off three. Um, but to our snowboarder, Adam Lambert, not the American Idol runner up, but the snowboarder, <laughs> Adam Lambert. This is from Auntie Beck in New South Wales. Can you get Uncle Aaron a shirt? Good luck, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This is wow. Um, so much looking forward to reading these. Uh, if you want to send in these messages, uh, head to the uh, Pyeongchang Olympic site for Australia, the uh, what the Canada Olympic Committee site has the uh, My Name Is. And uh, do you have an app? Does the Canadian Olympic Committee have an app? Because I know the Australian Olympic Committee does. Do you, do you know that? Or? Oh, I'm sure they do. I don't have it in front of me. I mean, the website is olympic.ca. 
Um, but if they if they have an app, I'll find it. Yeah, ours is Pyong. To be continued. Ours is Pyeongchang2018.olympics.com.au. Uh, do not type in Pyongyang2018. That is a different website altogether. That's in North Korea. Um, and props, can we just say, uh, opening ceremony, quick, before we get to our medal preview, because our next episode will be our opening ceremony review. We'll talk about what we're going to be doing a little bit in a sec. Um, predictions for the opening ceremony, I'm calling it right now. Sai will be in the opening or the closing. Uh, I'm probably going to say closing because it will be, you know, get everybody excited. But if Sai does not perform Gangnam Style during one of these opening ceremonies or closing ceremonies, Korea has failed at the Olympics. Uh, any predictions, Jared, for the uh, the opening ceremony? Um, no, I'm with you on on Sai, and I think um, yeah, prepare to be um, bombarded with K-pop. I would say yes. Uh, Colin, for yourself, obviously, you nearly were in a Korean uh, opening ceremony at one point in your life um, <laughs> as the one person with experience in nearly being in one. Predictions. Who's going to light the torch? Come on, Colin, give us a prediction. Oh, um, I, <laughs> Google I mean, it quickly. <laughs> there's, there's one sport that I know because they would all. It was always be the rivalry: Canadians and Koreans in speed skating. So whoever it is, I know they're going to be a, a speed skater. Either that, or they're going to be one of the uh, very famous South Korean comedians that I'm currently googling, like <laughs> Kang, Kang Ho Dong. Uh, <laughs> Who probably also competed in Laugh Olympics or something like that in, uh, will be the torchbearer. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I am trying. I'm going to say it's going to be a um a, a short track skater because that's generally where they do their damage to the Koreans, isn't it? So uh, I'm just quickly trying to see here who's the most successful. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say right now it's gonna be, I know that's shooting. Oh shit. Oh, here we go. Short track speed skating. Their most successful ever Olympian is Chun Li Kwang, who is a four-time gold medalist, won a bronze medal as well, five Olympic medals between 1992 and 1998. Uh, so there you go. I'm predicting right now Chun Li Kwang will light the, to- the cauldron during these Olympics. No. No, you dis- Oh. Kang Ho Dong. Kang Ho Dong. Sigh, 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 sigh. Um, but I mean, I'm looking forward to the opening ceremony because, um, I think a lot of Asian countries generally do the opening ceremonies the best. I mean, we saw it in, uh, Beijing. That was one of the, you know, I personally preferred London, but a lot of people talk up Beijing's opening ceremony. Um, and, you know, we saw the Tokyo display at the end of Rio. That was fan. That was better than both ceremonies combined in Rio. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to Sai. And also, uh, BTS. That's the other K-pop band that I'm familiar with. Um, but, Anyway, um, all right. Metal predictions. Let's let's put this on the on the the history books right now. Uh, I I mean, do we just want to do it for our respective countries, or do we both want to try and predict? Ah, stuff it. Let's do it for both our countries. No, fuck it. Let's do it for every single country in the Olympics. All right. Let's start with Andorra. Uh, <laughs> no. All right, Jared. Give me your prediction. Eritrea, <laughs> Bermuda. Um. <laughs> What's what's your predictions for Canada and for Australia? Let's start with Jared. Canada, are we doing individual medals or, or all? Up? No, let's 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 be really like, specific here. We'll go gold, silver, okay. bronze, total. Canada are going to get ten gold. Yep. And they're going to follow that up with ten silver. <laughs> And then, just to keep things fair in traditional Canadian fashion, they're going to get 10 bronze. <laughs> oh, 
You've just drawn the line there for a total of 30 medals. All right, that's a good one. What about Australia? Australia are going to get one gold, mm-hmm. zero silvers, <laughs> and four bronze medals. Four bronze. Wow, go you. I like that. All right, good predictions. Colin, I'm going to go to you next. Um, Jared's more hopeful of my nation than I am. I'm going to go nine gold. <laughs> Nine silver and thirteen bronze for thirty-one total. Okay. And for Australia, I'm going to say one gold, one silver, one bronze. It's going to be the grand slam <laughs> for three. Okay. You know, we've never ever in a Winter Games come home with a color from each of the medals. We've only ever done like gold and bronze, gold and silver, silver and bronze, oh. bronze. So when it happens again, I can say I told you so. All right, I'm going to go with Canada. All right, I'm going to say you are going to win 11 gold. I'm going to take the number above 10, all right? I'm going to say you're going to win 8 silver, and I'm going to go with the very Canadian 14 bronze. So that is going to give me the 33 that Canada are targeting. Uh, And for Australia, I'm going to say 3 gold, 1 silver, 1 bronze. I'm going to be hopeful too, and that we're going to win five. So, uh, but I'm going to go for the three goal. This will be our most successful ever games. I'm going to put that on paper right now. So there we go. We've got some good predictions. I'm liking this. This is a good idea. Um, all right. So that means that we are going to be leaving you now, people, but we are going to be coming back in only a few days time. Our opening ceremony review. Now we're going to be doing this daily, uh, like we did in Rio. We're not a hundred percent in terms of the scheduling in the fact that we didn't really have a set time. We released episodes. Uh, there will be days where it will just be me and Jared, me and Colin, all three of us, maybe none of us, uh, Mallory said to me yesterday, hey, I want to come on an episode. And I'm like, cool. Jamie can come on an episode too, if you want. Jared. Casper. Casper. Jared, bring in all of EMU planes. Fuck it. We'll make it a thing. Um, <laughs> you know, just everybody out there, keep an eye out for your Lochte moments, your Campbell moments. Thomas back in bark impersonations. We want the Dracula, you know, moments because he's going to be there. He's going to be giving the boring speech on Friday. He's going to be like, yes, I'm here to open the games. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, but yes, follow us on Facebook, Off the Podium. It's the best way. We're going to use the hashtag Off the Podium. Uh, we don't have a Twitter account, uh, but, you know, Jared, Colin, and I all have our personal ones, which we will tag each other and tweet during it. Um, and send us in your thoughts, your funny moments, messages on Facebook. We'll keep an eye on things and uh, be bringing you daily updates. We'll tell you what sports we're watching, funny moments from our commentary teams, um, and we will talk about how many Australians are choking during these games as well. So uh, looking forward to it, looking forward to covering these games. I'm so excited. Bring on the Nordic combined. Bring on the ice dancing. Bring on the doubles luge. Uh, so much excitement. Jared, uh, thank you for joining us today. I'm pumped. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm so excited. A special shout-out to the Olympians who have to compete before the opening ceremony, and the games are already over by the time they actually officially open. Very good call. We have, of course, uh, some curling and some ski jumping happening on uh, the day before the opening ceremony. And the day of the opening ceremony, we've also got some figure skating and some freestyle skiing. So you're, you're on the money there, Jared. Good point. Uh, Colin, as well, uh, it's Canada's time to shine. It's time for you to own the off the podium. <laughs> Uh, only on the podium would be a lot better. Uh, owning off the podium is kind of Australian's territory. <laughs> touche, touche. That's, that's good call. 
Um, but yeah, we're excited for this. Thank you everybody for listening and uh, bring on Pyeongchang 2018. We will see you with Boorang and Soorang in only a few days' time. Good night.